0: You're listening to Welcome to Eloma, a podcast for highly ambitious dreamers who get shit done. I'm your host, Kylie Peters. Welcome. This is a space where we talk about building entrepreneurs. So a lot of people, uh, when I say that, are like, well, that sounds interesting. What's an entrepreneur? Um, First and foremost, I have to say that I did not make up this word. People have been talking about this for a while. Um, but I'm going to jump in and jump on that bandwagon and, and carry it hopefully over a finish line. So what is an entrepreneur? No, what is an entrepreneur? <laughs> there we go. So yes, we help build entrepreneurs, as we all know. Um, but we also are building entrepreneurs. and let's talk about the ROI of building an entrepreneur and what is an entrepreneur. So an entrepreneur, at Raina and how we look at this is this is somebody who adopts an ownership mindset, somebody who's taking calculated risks, innovates, leads with impact, and in in our opinion, a people first approach. Um, Basically, we like to say because we have such an experience and such a a wide depth of experience um, building entrepreneurs, we're taking a lot of those entrepreneurial skill sets and ownership mindset and bringing those into business and building our leadership teams. So this is something that we are we are rolling out and we're bringing to the market. Um, but I felt like it was important to talk about the importance of and the ROI of building entrepreneurs to build our, our businesses, whether it's your business or whether you're an executive uh, leader at another company. Uh, we want to be shifting the way people think because the benefits are really far reaching. So let's take a second and talk about the value of building an entrepreneur. So we've seen so many people talk about uh, increased talent retention when we're building people up and we're investing in our talent. We're seeing that turnover is significantly lower. We're seeing increased leadership capabilities, which also means that we're seeing additional in increased critical thinking and problem solving capabilities, which, if you are an owner and you are thinking of building your team to be "quote unquote" entrepreneurs, think about what that would look like for you if you did not need to answer every question. If your leadership team was equipped and had the confidence and had the resources and the the mindset to lead the team without you, I mean that really that opens up so many opportunities for you to build and create and, and do new things for the company that, you know, maybe you haven't had time for before. And same thing within an organization. Um, If you are a leader within an organization and you are leading a team, um, sometimes what happens is we get stuck trying to uh, put out fires left and right. But, We don't always have to be the one that puts out the fire like somebody else can put out a fire. Um, if we arm them with the critical, sk- critical thinking and problem-solving skills and the mindset that they can take ownership over it and solve said problem. So when all these things happen, what we see in a business is not only are people happier, they stay longer, they're more engaged, but we also see increased engagement and, which is stay more engaged, but we see increased engagement, we see increased productivity and therefore, because we have not increased headcount, but we've seen increased productivity, we're seeing increased profitability. And so I think a part of this too, something that needs to be talked about is when building an entrepreneur, we need to also make sure that we are investing in the human being. Just because somebody is hired and is filling a certain role doesn't mean that we can't Uh, take a look at that and understand their strengths and their weaknesses and do our best in aligning that talent so that they're set up for success. So they're set up to feel good about what they're doing versus on a daily basis coming in to work and constantly feeling like they're not performing or they're letting you down because maybe it's just not the right skills alignment. Um, And we're also seeing people increasing sales. Increasing sales, being more confident in the upsell, um, and taking some of the pressure off the owner as in an entrepreneurial organization, the owner tends to be many times the number one salesperson, which is hard. Um, And many owners don't like being salespeople. So if we can arm our teams with all the knowledge and the power and invest in them in ways that they can start making sales and, I don't know, maybe even paying for themselves, Um, that makes it a lot easier to run a profitable and productive profitable business that you're not also spending your time and energy focusing on turnover and retention initiatives because you've already made the very conscious effort to just invest in your team because that's the greatest investment that you can make. So I just finished reading, um, Mike McCulloughwitz's new book All In. Um I love Mike McCulloughwitz. Uh I love his writing partner AJ Harper. They're both brilliant. Mike has released so many books I don't even know how many. Um but I always take something away from them and I I really I've read a number of his books um and there's always a bunch of ideas. But there's this one example that he shares in this book. And I think it's a it's very relevant for talking about the power of building entrepreneurs and the power of, we're going to call them A players. So one of the concepts that he talks about in this book is this idea of like, we call people A, B, and C players. And that's really a fairly antiquated idea. Um, it's also not really nice to your team to Say that you've decided to hire them and invest in them, but you're assuming that they're a C-level player. Like, that's not great. Um, also, it's an opportunity for your leadership team because everybody has the capacity to be an A player. And that's what he talks about in this book. Um, it's just about figuring out how to support them so they can be A players. Now, Mike, in, uh, in this book, uh, All In, he says that he shared a brief conversation with co-founder uh, Kip Tyndall of the Container Store. So the, the company, the Container Store. So Kip is the co-founder. And uh, Mike is saying in the book that he's running this idea of A players within an organization past Kip. And he was saying that um, you can quantify it. You can quantify the impact an A player has. And so for this example, what I'm thinking about here is if we're going to invest in our teams and we're going to build them to be entrepreneurs, we're assuming that they all have the capacity to be A players. So I want you to think about that. Every entrepreneur has or is an A has the capacity or is already an A player. And your goal should be to build a team chock full of A players. And this is why. So when I first read this, I or I, I like to listen to the audiobooks. So I listened to this and I went back and I listened to it multiple times again just to make sure I had like. The numbers right and understood what he was talking about, and I have to say that I believe this to be really true. I mean, this has also been my experience in running my business. You know, when we hire a a level players, you know what you're getting, right? And then there's B level, and then there's C level. So the way that they, um, the way they talk about it in the book, that Kip talks about it in the book, Kip talks about that Mike recounts in the book (laughs) is that an A player is essentially like all in. And for our purposes here, we're going to call them entrepreneurs. Like you have an all in entrepreneur, they're, they're eat, sleeping, breathing the organization. They're really engaged. This is everybody wants these people, right? B players do their work. They do a great job, but they're really focused on the money and, and wages which is fine. We understand that everybody has a life to pay for. Um, But when you think about where the priority is, that's not usually where you want to be playing because the next company can come outbid you and then you've lost them, right? And then we have a C player. These people are oftentimes toxic. They're not great. Uh, They're oftentimes checked out. They um, are probably doing the bare minimum to not get fired. Uh, But like I said, sometimes can be really toxic. And when you have one toxic person in an organization, they can so quickly infect everybody else. So you really have to be mindful of them. But he talked about this equation that one A player equals three B players. One B player equals three C players. So therefore, one A player equals nine C players. So just to make sure you got that math, 1A equals 3B, 1B equals 3C. So therefore, because 1B equals 3C and 1A equals 3B, 1A equals 9C. So three times three math. Okay, so think about this. If the, and the way they break this down, 1A player has the capacity to produce the same amount as nine C players. Nine C players. So think about that. Right now, I don't know anybody who likes hiring people, hiring people and then training them to get to the point where they can be useful. Um, and then, and then beyond, right? But if we're not taking the time To invest in our A players, then what we're looking at is we're looking at a quantity versus quality situation. We want quality people, not quantities of people. Because you have, I mean, just think about this. You have one person who just kills it versus nine people who are truly problems, right? That opens up liabilities. That's an AHR nightmare. That's a lot of paperwork. That's a lot of reviews. That's a lot, that's just like a lot of time and energy, right? So it's it's not being very efficient. So they talk about, okay, well, how do we keep these A players? So what Kip apparently said in this conversation to Mike was that he pays his A players at the container store at whatever time this conversation happened. He says he recommends paying them one and a half times the industry average for whatever you're doing uh, and focus on the production, the output output versus the headcount, Because in the conversation that Mike talks about, he's, Struggling to understand, like how he stays afloat when, he, when in this example, Kip's um, competitors are things like Walmart, etc. And uh, and he says, well, I'm not focused on the head count. I'm focused on the quality of people. So I pay them one and a half times, but I need fewer people. And so this is like this is an example. So they talk about the example in in the book, but I'm going to kind of break it down. So if you're a small business owner, this hopefully might land for you. So basically the idea here, uh, this 1A equals 3B, 1B equals 3C, 1A therefore equals 9C is this idea of if you invest in your team, you invest in making them all A players or in this conversation, entrepreneurs, your team therefore increases production and therefore profitability so you can build and scale without having to scale headcount, which is amazing and a gift in so many different ways. So here's an example. So let's say you have a small team. You have a small team. Maybe maybe it's super small, and it's maybe just you and one other person, right? So you got one A player, and these are just going to be sample numbers. Adjust them however makes sense for you. So let's say that you have one A player, uh, one A team member, and on average you're paying them forty five dollars an hour. Let's just say. Now if you had a B or C player, you might be paying them $25 an hour. Now you need one A player to equal three Bs. We're going to be conservative here. So we could take it all the way and say like nine Cs, but we're just going to say say three B or C players. So if you had that, you would be paying three B or C players, $25 a piece, but you need three of them. So it's $75 an hour versus one A player that you're paying $45 an hour. So think about that. That's 45%, no, sorry, that's 40% less in payroll costs and one third the amount of team members to manage. So if we were to take a look at this, say from a salary standpoint, we might be looking at like one A player might be making 75 grand, but if we had three B or C players, again, we're being conservative, that'd probably be about $40,000, but our ultimate payroll would be $120,000 versus the $75,000. So just think about this. Like this is one of my, and we're using like salaries and hourly rates just to make it easy to understand. But this is also why I really don't like Um, hourly payments. Because I think oftentimes, and you know, it depends on your mindset, oftentimes we look at people who are quite seasoned and are absolutely A players and entrepreneurs or amazing entrepreneurs or whoever you are. um, And we toss out a number in terms of like, this is what I'm going to charge you for an hour of my time. And oftentimes people scoff at it. People will be like, that's crazy. Why would I pay you that much per hour? It's like, well, I'm going to produce three times as much as somebody else that you're going to pay more than me. So you can either pay 40% more and have it take three times as long. And you don't know if you're going to actually get the high quality content that you want, or you can pay me, it'll take a third of the amount of time and it'll save you 40%. I mean, come on guys. Like we need to think through this. We need to think through this as entrepreneurs. We also need to think about this from a corporate standpoint and within organizations. So we need to think through this on all accounts because when we invest in our teams, A, that's the greatest investment that we can make and B, it it hits the bottom line. <laughs> it hits the bottom line. And it makes everybody's life better, easier, etc. Hey there. If you like what I have to say and are looking for a keynote speaker or a workshop facilitator for your organization, upcoming event, or company retreat, please reach out. I'd love to chat and see if I can be of service. Learn more at bookkiley.com. So, here's a couple examples. I did a little bit of research to back this up. Um, I have a friend who has invested in their team and uh, they have two employees outside of themselves, as this person is a founder, um, and then they have two employees. And over the past year or so, they've really invested in helping to build these employees into be true entrepreneurs um, and therefore also sales engines. And so what the output of this has been is their team, the team, not the founder, but the team ended up producing 40% of all revenue in 2023. 40%. I mean, that allowed them to grow significantly. It also allowed the founder to not be the only salesperson. It also allowed the founder some time to sit back, think about how they can really reinvest in the business and and do bigger, better things and build the company in different ways, build additional revenue streams, et cetera, right? Um, Without having to always be the one that is the only person bringing in sales. So that's one example from an entrepreneurial standpoint. Uh, we also did some research and found uh, found research that other people did, not taking credit for this. Um, but we found research that said that uh, the opportunities for professional growth and continued development are two of the top three things that employees are looking for in an employer, with uh, competitive wages being the third. So they're looking for ways that they can continue to grow, and they're looking for continued professional development opportunities. And those are things that will keep them at a company longer than somebody who's not going to help them grow. So again, that's helping with retention rates, right? And then we found uh, another piece of uh, data for you. So authors of the book, Time, Talent, and Energy, uh, as they were writing this book uh, and did some research, they found that investments such as uh, investments in people like, yes, money is important. Wages are important. You need to be fair and just there. But additional ways to invest in people in ways such as like education and training, improved healthcare, care, um, and maybe even some less obvious opportunities such as the time and space to even just think and explore new ideas and professional development really paid off. In the research that they did, they found that the top 25% of the companies in their study unlocked 40% more productivity in their workforce by implementing better practices when it comes to time, talent, and energy management. And we talk a lot about energy at Ray9 as well. Um, There's all kinds of frameworks and matrices, et cetera, and, and That'll be for another day, another conversation. Um, But we really need to keep an eye on how we are spending our energy and what we are asking of ourselves and of our teams. Um, Because if we're asking people to do things that deplete their energy on a regular basis, A, they're not going to get it done as fast. It's not going to be done as well. And it really drains people. But if we really tap into what drives their energy, how they can be more productive in the work that they do and align the work that they do with the things that drive their energy. We see things get done in a fraction of the amount of time. We see them get done significantly better. So be really mindful of the energy of your team. All right. So hopefully you're thinking, okay, entrepreneurship, this sounds cool. I don't know how to say or spell this word, but (laughs) we'll get there. No worries. Um, So we have built an entrepreneur training program at RAIN9. And here are the six different things that we believe are really instrumental in building an entrepreneur. Um, because my guess is you're like, okay, well, this sounds great. Now, what do we do? How do we build them, right? Well, the number one thing that we believe to be true is it's a choice. It's a choice not only on the owner or the employer's part, but it's a choice that they have to make. You can't force anybody to want to be an entrepreneur. Your best bet is to identify people who are interested and make sure to invest in them. Now, let me let me step back for just a second because again, everybody has the opportunity and has the potential and capacity to be an A player, to be an entrepreneur. So I absolutely recommend that you open this up to everybody. But if they don't choose to want to take the next step, I'm not saying ditch them and ignore them, but you have to be ready for them to choose. Like you have to meet them where they're at. So we believe it's a choice, right? We believe that there's six main choices when it comes to building entrepreneurs and for entrepreneurs to step into this role. So first and foremost, they have to choose an ownership mindset. So they have to choose ownership. And oftentimes this is really difficult for people, especially people who are, Uh, who might thrive on being told what to do, and then they just do that thing, which is great. We need people like that, right? Um, But we have to start to instill an ownership mindset and give them things, even if they're small things, to be an owner of. So there's a lot of research and studies that show that when given ownership of something and, and trust that they will follow through, people step up. You will be surprised. You know, one of the, uh, this goes so far back, but um, before I started any of my businesses, uh, I too worked in the corporate space. And I just remember this, um, this one specific time I had been given an intern. Um, I was still pretty young in my career. This person was obviously very, very young in their career. Um, loved working with this person. They were great. Um, and I had to step away for like a vacation or I don't remember what it was. Um, but we had some big stuff going on and I was like, you know what? I've invested in this person. I think he's going to be great. Um, I need to just trust that I need to trust him. He's going to be great. Uh, and I remember coming back and he had just killed it. He had crushed it and he was surprised with himself. Um, and it was just like this beautiful moment, right? And so just giving people ownership of things, not micromanaging people, giving them the supports and and helping them um, set them up for success is important. The next thing that we believe is true is they have to choose curiosity over judgment. Now, um, if anybody has watched Ted Lasso uh, <laughs> or listened to anything I've said, I love Ted Lasso. I, I really think that I would just be a better human if I watched Ted Lasso every single day. Um, but in one of the episodes, Ted Lasso quotes Walt Whitman, and he talks about the importance of being curious, not judgmental. And I think it's so important because the moment that we start judging things, the moment that we believe that we have all of the answers and are no longer curious, we we kill ideation, we kill innovation. We kill everything. So staying curious over judgmental or or staying curious over being judgmental um, is so important uh, from an entrepreneurial standpoint and an entrepreneurial standpoint. Again, we're taking a lot of entrepreneurial ideas and topics and bringing them into an organization to help the leadership team. So helping them stay curious versus judgmental is really important and continuing to foster innovation and possibility and whatever new things might be on the horizon. And that leads into the next one. So the third thing that we believe to be true is you have to choose innovation over stagnation. So you have to choose innovation. So often it's easy to just do what's always been working. Like, hey, if it's not broke, don't fix it, right? But if you don't innovate, you're going to fall behind because everyone else is innovating. And I'm not saying, you know, I think it's exhausting to try to keep up with the Joneses or continue to do things just because everybody else is doing them. And in, in many cases, when that happens, we're looking at our neighbor and we're like, oh, they're doing XYZ. I should do X, Y, Z. That's not innovation. That's just copying. And now you're not ahead of anybody. You're not even ahead of yourself. You're playing catch up, Right. So choosing to innovate is choosing to think differently, choosing to address a problem with a new perspective or a new twist, or again, getting curious. Maybe there's research that needs to be done there, but choosing to innovate and do something differently than continue to do what's always worked. Um, Because at some point it's not going to work. And if you haven't been working on increasing and releasing the next thing, then you're going to be significantly behind. The next choice. So choice four is collaboration over competition. And again, this, you know, a lot of these things you can chalk up to mindset. Mindset is just like <laughs> everything. Everything comes down to mindset. But collaboration over competition. So often we see people compete within an organization. We see comp- uh, we see organizations compete with each other. Ugh. Like who's really winning? who's really winning. The reality is if we can get really clear on who we are and what we do and the problems we solve and who we solve them for, it makes it really easy to say, well, that's not my lane, bro. Somebody else can run that lane and that's okay. When we choose to, to take ownership of our space, it makes it a lot easier to collaborate and not have to worry about competition. And I say that also from an internal standpoint. We wanna make sure that our teams are not competing with each other, that they're not trying to throw one another under the bus purely because maybe they don't have all the information, they don't have the communication structure, they don't have an infrastructure in place to help support cross cross team and cross department functionality. But we want to choose collaboration. We want to get curious and figure out how we can collaborate because that's really when we can tap into everybody's strengths and we can start to build new things. The fifth one is we want to choose influence over maintenance. So again, we want it's again, it's easy to stay status quo, right? But we want to choose influence. and I can't tell you how many um, organizations I've spoken with recently that are so focused on trying to help their team become more influential. And it's like, okay, well, that's, that's interesting. Tell me more. Like, What is the goal in trying to increase the amount of influence that your team has? And it's multiple things, right? One, you want to create influence. No leader, you can't lead if you're not influential. You can't nobody will follow you. (laughs) And that's the very definition of a leader, right? So you have to be able to influence in order to lead. And you have to be able to influence in order to sell. You have to be able to influence in order to understand and market and reframe opportunities. So influence goes really far when it comes to pushing that needle, when it comes to stepping up as a leader, when it comes to really taking true ownership, when it comes to selling and upselling and uh, launching new revenue streams. Like finding the opportunities to help your team gain influence are huge and very far reaching. And then the last one, step six, or choice six, I should say, is choose progress over perfection. I, uh, I will admit I am a self-proclaimed recovering perfectionist. So I'm not here to shame anybody um, because it's hard, right? We want to make sure we do our best work and we put the best stuff forward. Um, but we're human. and oftentimes if we focus so much on perfection, we fail to get just about anything done. And so focusing to choose on choose progress over perfection is really important because it also gives us the opportunity to iterate. Like I don't even need to talk about all of the business books that are out there uh, talking about the importance of you know the minimum viable product. How can we get this thing, this concept, this idea out to market in uh, the minimal viable way so we can see if there's any interest? So we can see if we're on the mark. So we can see how we need to change things. And then we focus on pro- progress, and we we ask for feedback. We stay curious. We stay open minded, so we can make it better. There's no way to get to perfection if we don't go through progress. And oftentimes, if we focus on oh, we're just going to step all, we're going to skip all these steps, and we're going to land straight on perfection, we've usually missed the mark entirely because we've operated in a silo, we've operated without collaboration, we've operated without curiosity, we've operated without influence or without going to your target audience and and doing said research, right? So progress over perfection is really important. So again, I'll recap those. Choose an ownership mindset. Choose curiosity over judgment. Choose innovation over stagnation. Choose collaboration over competition choose influence over maintenance and choose progress over perfection. Now, if anything I'm saying right now sounds appealing and has tickled your fancy and you are curious and have questions, um, I'm excited to share that RAIN9 will be offering these opportunities. So we're bringing entrepreneur training program Uh, to the masses. And we are doing this in a number of different ways. So we have introductory workshops, we have in-person workshop series, and we also have customized programs that include group coaching and online education in collaboration with in-person workshops. Because the reality is to see true change in people, for any coaches listening, you'll understand this. Um, But to see change, I mean, yes, we love to We can see a lot of impact if we come in and we do one workshop and we people have new ideas and they walk away with that, right? But when we really see change is over time. And so giving people that time in between this workshop series is really important to allow them the opportunity to implement some of the things that they're learning, to take action on some of the things they're learning, to ask really good questions about some of the things they're learning. And then when you couple that with, additional group coaching, additional content and online education, there's a lot of transformation that happens there. And that's when we really start to see people step into entrepreneurship and take ownership and leadership uh, within their role. So if anything I'm saying sounds of interest, please reach out. You can learn more at rixitp, that's r-i-x-i-t-p.com. Uh, You can reach out to me directly. My email is Kylie, K-I-L-E-Y, at rain9.com, R-A-Y-N-E-I-X.com. Nine is the Roman numeral nine, not the number nine. Um, And set up some time to chat. I'm really excited about this program. We've seen amazing things happen for people and really want to start this movement because it also very much ties to our MO of we need to make business personal. We need to make business personal if we want to live the lives that we desire for ourselves and our families and allow our teams to do the same things. I mean, that's the best way we can invest in them. And ultimately, when we invest in our people, we're going to see a stronger stronger bottom line, stronger profitability, stronger productivity, stronger retention rates, etc. for our companies. We make everybody's lives a little bit easier, a little bit better, and make more money and Hopefully have more joy in the process, less stress. So that's all I have for you right now in terms of entrepreneurship. Um, if you like what you're hearing, don't forget to sign up for our newsletter at ricks, R-I-X, Um, We'll send that out so you don't miss anything, uh, and then check out more about the entrepreneur training program at All Alrighty. Thank you so much. Are you struggling with recruiting the right talent, employee or team retention, engagement and advocacy, innovation, building your team's business and leadership skills? We are bringing entrepreneurial skill sets, business acumen, and ownership mindset to organizations to help them build Entrepreneurs with our intrapreneur training program. This new program will help companies and organizations elevate their talent and increase profitability by expanding tangible business skill sets, improving cross-department functionality and communication, amplifying leadership capabilities, and so much more. If you'd like to learn more, check out rixitp.com and book a discovery call today. To continue learning how to better build your business and make your vision a reality, subscribe to the Welcome to Eloma email list at welcometoeloma.com.